everyone, Groovy Bruce is back in one of the few non, I guess, season premiere times. We're doing a sequel to a movie that we have watched before. And after doing last year's Evil Dead 2, which uh, I, we all loved, uh, Scott suggested we do Army of Darkness. And despite the fact that he's not on this episode, I think um, it came together quite nicely. Um, so just really quick, you know, now that we are well into October and the spookiness, um, you missed our Devil Dog show, but Cineprov is doing another show at the beginning of uh, November, uh, November 2nd, where they will be riffing um, Gargoyles, 1972's Gargoyles, which is just a thing that exists. It's something that happened to all of us. Further, uh, rate and review us on the uh, website, on iTunes, on Stitcher, wherever you get them. Um, and join the Facebook group. Uh, there's a Facebook page as well. Uh, the page will give you all the updates, but the group is where we discuss movies and, and talk about what's going on in the world of, you know, goofiness that we exist in. So enjoy that. Um, and then, you know, we're on Twitter. We're in Instagram. So, uh, you know, find us. We're there. Um, thanks, guys. Uh, it really means a lot that... As we're winding down this year, we've grown as much as we have in the last year, so it's exciting. Anyway, uh, enjoy Army of Darkness. If this were some tavern tale, all half-truth and senseless adventure, and it's full of demons. And it's full of demons. <laughs> Twas disastrous. It's coming, people. It's coming. Pitchforks, sketch pitchforks here. Can't kill a demon without your pitchforks. Don't just a pitchforks. No defense. <laughs> Better defend yourself. No matter how you spend your life, your wit will defend you more often than a sword. Keep it sharp. Have I got some shit to tell you? I gotta practice my killing. Let the wicked hear my voice and tremble. Or you cross over to me. I wanted to get inside so badly I could taste it. Upon him I will visit famine and a fire, till all around him desolation rings, and all the demons in the outer dark look on amazed and recognize that vengeance is the business of a man. Caster Quest, now on the ESO Network. ESO, ESO. Welcome to My Happy Defender Childhood. This week we watched Evil Dead 3, Army of Darkness, I think. Whatever. Uh, Ted Raimi's breakout performance. <laughs> I'm Nick Hoffman, your host of My Happy Defender Childhood and Riffron Cineprov. And on panel this week we have... Matthew W. Quinn. Not touching you. Aaron. Yo, she bitch. This is Daniel. <laughs> and Matt. <laughs> uh. Thank you, Daniel, and Chibich, and <laughs> welcome. <laughs> All right, uh, so Evil Dead Three. We did Evil Dead Two, I think, last Halloween, and this is our, I guess, third. God, it's our fourth season. I'm going to keep getting that wrong. Um, so we thought we would do another horror. Um, if you guys guessed it, good for you. If you didn't guess it, but then saw the title and figured it out, congratulations. Good Does this you. say horror on the box as a genre? I'm pretty sure it's like... Well, it's uh, released by Scream Factory nowadays, <laughs> which is only horror, so I'm there just you curious. go. Okay. I mean, I, I, I'd call it kind of horror. It's, it's horror in the way Haunted Mansion is horror. Yeah. Fair. 
And some of that, some of the the movement was a little uh, unnerving. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. His chin gets kind of unnerving at like certain that's angles. True, yeah. When he gets sucked down and it stretches out like a Stretch Armstrong kind of thing, that's pretty. Cr- that's pretty. He looks like Mac tonight from those old Nickel, uh, all those McDonald's oh, commercials. McDonald's. Oh yeah, that's that. That was before your time. I have no <laughs> idea what that is. That was Ray Charles <laughs> with the moon. moon for a face. They used to do fifties McDonald's where they would open a McDonald's that had like a fifties theme. It would look like a Johnny Rockets, like with really? chrome seats and everything. Yeah. Like and as a as a publicity thing? Well, I mean, in the every decade or so, they redesigned them. And so even old ones were being remodeled to look like this. Gotcha. And so to give it an old theme, there was a moon, like a, a guy. Who had a giant moon face. Singing in the voice of Ray Charles. Interesting. And it was Mac Tonight. Yeah, and he'd, he'd sing Mac the Knife, but okay. Mac Tonight. That's what I, was gonna say. I thought you said Mac the Knife initially, and I was like, I don't know what, what's going on here. So. Yeah, so I <laughs> yeah. guess I need to make a note to put a Mac Tonight trailer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's horrifying. It's a giant, like... Uh, he, he would sit on top of a giant Big Mac. Here's the good thing. All right. Um, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking another moon faced man, Jay Leno. And no, uh, so this is, uh, I guess the third Sam Raimi evil dead movie. It's the last one. Although I guess last year they came out with Ash versus the evil dead mm-hmm. boomstick and chainsaw and all. So, uh, I guess Daniel, good luck. Let's do a plot synopsis. Ash Ash Williams from the first two Evil Deads gets sucked back through a time portal at the end of Evil Dead 2 and lands in 1300. He's apparently prophesied to be the chosen one who has to quest for the Necronomicon, which is the book that causes all the deadites to rise. And he does so, but in the process awakens the army of the dead because he's an idiot. Because of this, he has to raise an army to fight them at the castle to prevent the deadites from getting their hands on the Necronomicon, and there are quips in the movie somewhere. <laughs> I'm shocked you knew his last name. Williams? Yeah. Ash- yeah. Ashley J. Williams. Did they and ever the, say it? And the deadites are led by his evil clone. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure if they ever say it in any of the um, uh, in any of the movies. I know he's. I think he's listed on as uh, Williams on the Tribune. But for a while, they were joking and saying his last name was Holt. So Ash Holt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know this so well. <laughs> is anyone else? This is the first time you'd seen this one. This is the first time I'd seen it all the way through. It's a Looney Tunes bit. We watched the director's cut, too. Not that we talk about it in such great detail that you'll be baffled, other than possibly the alternate ending. What is ending. that scene you're referencing? <laughs> oh, my God. You mean the fiery passion sex scene? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> With the wind blowing mildly through both of their hair. There's like four versions of this movie on that Blu-ray. It was amazing. Yeah, and you can really tell. This, this is one of those movies that should never be watched on Blu-ray. It needs to be done through, like, a VHS filter. Well, the first time I saw the director's cut, well, the first time I saw the movie was, like, late night on the sci-fi channel. And I'm talking, like, midnight and I couldn't sleep. Yeah. But the first time I saw the director's cut, it was on this DVD that was made to look like a bootleg. So all of the newer scenes were, like, sourced from a second-generation VHS it looked horrible. Was this an official DVD? Yeah, it was released? the official uh, director's cut DVD that they put out as a... And that was a stylistic choice. Yes. That's, that's bizarre. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. <laughs> oh, that's okay. so funny. 
Uh, yeah, but I think we probably could have picked out with pretty good accuracy all of the director's cutscenes. It's like, okay, Ash is like oddly on a horse for a while now. Oh my god! They, <laughs> I mean, I if just watching this, I thought they could have taken fifteen minutes yeah. back out of this movie. Yeah, most of the extra stuff I think comes from the castle siege, and then there's the sex scene with Ash and Sheila, and then that alternate ending. That's funny. That's yeah. that's about it. There were definitely some clips there that I had not remembered. Um, not that I knew the movie too well, but I don't feel like all of those were in the original. Who knows? Bruce Campbell was the voice of Pitfall Harry in the Pitfall 3D video game. No. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that it decided to motivate all of you. Um, I'm just looking up what he did. He was in Maniac Cop, too, which is yes, good. Yes, he was, and uh, I believe the first Maniac Cop. And Darkman. He was in a lot of crap. He's a good actor, he though. He was in Fargo for like 10 seconds. Yeah, his, bi- his biography... Um, Autobiography, If Chins Could Kill, the phrase he uses is blue-collar Hollywood. Oh, If Chins Could Kill is great. So, other than being Mikhail Gorbachev in 1991, um, what, like, I got nothing. What is this movie? This movie is a weird, weird, weird pastiche of Looney Tunes bits, (laughs) right? I think the series gets more and more comedic as it goes along. Like, Evil Dead 1 wasn't that funny. It was more of a straight (laughs) horror movie with oatmeal gore. The second one gets more goofy, and the third one they just said, screw it. I'm afraid to ask, but is oatmeal gore something from... TV tropes? No, it looks like that when people this look like gouts of oatmeal pouring out people's mouths. It's really gross. He's what not wrong. Nev- I've never heard that before. Yeah, I hadn't either. I thought that was a term that you'd yeah, read the, somewhere. The um, yeah, but let's look. Think back to the days of yore, also known as maybe 1998 or 1999, and a wonderful place called Hollywood Video, where I rented the first and second one. So is this a, and had a little term double feature? Or is, this, uh, is this a term you made up? Is what we're asking. Oatmeal gore. Yes. Oh, good. Okay. Okay. See, we're trying to give you credit. That sounded <laughs> official. Like, yeah, that's. I really did. Yeah, I, I was buying watching, into it. I remember watching it on VHS, I think, and I'm thinking, this looks like these. Is, this is gross and depressing, and they're just puking up oatmeal. I mean, you're not Because yeah. I was completely reading into it. I was like, oh, is that how they make vomit? They may well have. <laughs> like, In the first one, probably. <laughs> I mean, it's like, like, like corn chips to their face. Like, yeah. it's really what they look like. It's great, but... Um, well, I don't know that's kind of what this movie was, was <laughs> let's find every way possible to do any... Uh, like special effects that we can monkey around with under the sun, just. Well, I mean, you could tell Sam Raimi in making this and the rest of his movies was really fascinated by like 1950s and 60s special effects, which is why all the skeletons look like Ray Harryhausen models and stuff like that. It's really just him paying tribute to all those things he liked as a kid. Tribute. Yes, <laughs> lifting. Okay. Well, I mean, this but, is a tribute. Oh uh, no! To your point. Oh come on. To your point. Uh, they even named the little guys running around the the fake shemps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is the referring three, to the Three Stooges, right? The woo. It's yeah. it's really stupid. Um, so we should kind of go through this. They originally rip off Star Wars and they throw him in the Sarlacc pit um, or whatever that pit is. Well, it opens with him getting captured and then they have exposition about what happened in the first two movies. My name is Ash and I'm a slave. And then Bridget Fonda is in this movie for all of two minutes. Yeah. Linda? Yeah, Linda. Oh, okay. And then... Um, he after he gets captured, he gets kind of assumed that he's part of he- Henry, Henry the, the Red's Red. gang of whatever, and they uh, start throwing people into this kind of pit of demons that they just have lying around. 
The one thing I'm not ever clear on, I mean, as though this movie had to make sense. It doesn't, but <laughs> there's supposed to be deadites and evil that are already just running around. Mm-hmm. Kind of, right? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So then what does the Necronomicon do? Does it just raise more of them? I think, I think it so. accelerated it and raised more of them. It raises more and depending, I think, on the spell might allow you to control them and possess other people. So the evil one that comes out that looks like Ash, which is dead Ash, that he kills. Bad Ash. Yes, bad Ash. Which is a very bizarre segment. <laughs> um, is Becomes the leader of the damned. Yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm following it so far. <laughs> so, but he, so the guy he ingests the small one, and the small well, one turns into the big one. Is that the well, what overarching? Happens, <laughs> let, let's let's back up a second because if you don't like, I think say what's happening in this movie chronologically, you're going to get lost. <laughs> yeah, it's a real Jacob's Ladder scenario. Yes. It's, it's a real think piece. <laughs> a real think piece on bullshit. <laughs> He's questing Coppola to find. Did a pass on this. Yeah. He's questing to find the Necronomicon so he can be sent back to his own time, the 20th century in the early 90s, where he's a S smart employee. And while he's there, he finds this windmill that's got deadites in it, and some of them, after he shatters a mirror, take the form of like six-inch tall versions of himself. He swallows one of them and then pours water on it, and that eventually leads him to giving birth to his evil clone. Out his shoulder. Yes. I, th- I thought he yeah, was... Yeah, it makes a lot more sense now that you've explained it. Yeah, I thought he was trying to kill him with boiling water that he drank. Yeah, yeah that's what was. I thought, too. And so we have this... Okay. This movie must have been filmed in, like... The, the, the battle scene probably took some time, but like a bunch of it was like a saw-like scenario where they locked like Bruce Campbell into a room and just had him do shit. Probably. Because like this is just because they essentially crib the first two Evil Dead movies in 30 minutes, right? It's just him going crazy by himself in a room, knocking the shit out of himself. Yeah. Yeah. At least he uh, didn't chainsaw his own hand off this time. But we see that at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, we do. <laughs> He's laughing maniacally, and then the screaming starts. Oh, it gets... Well, you, you've seen Evil Dead 2. You know how yeah. bad that gets. I mean, Evil Dead 2 is amazing. This one is different than Evil Dead 2. I helped. <laughs> well, I was going to say... Nice. Nailed it. The, the, Got it. <laughs> <laughs> this one is different because the it's not only the pacing. The other one used more camera tricks. I kind of like the ones where they're running through the woods here, like chasing the horse. They did the a evil. bit of it, but not, not to the same degree, yeah. And this one, he had a budget. He just didn't know how to use it. So it's all forced <laughs> perspective. I, I do like kind of the uh, nuts and bolts, like amateur filmmaking done well in the first two, that this one seems, like you said, very Ray Harryhausen. It mm-hmm. seems like an expensive movie from 30 years too late, right? It seems like it would have been expensive in the 70s or the 60s, mm-hmm. but now it just feels kind of weird, if that <laughs> makes sense. I, I, I kind of liked it. It just doesn't feel right. Um... So what's next? The castle. We should talk about this castle that he gets trapped in after proving that he isn't evil and that he defeats the monsters and has his boomstick. He kind of asserts himself (laughs) as dominant. Well, he gets thrown into that pit with the deadites and he escapes it. And then he introduces the medieval peasants to his shotgun, at which point they all declare him their new god or whatever, because it cuts to him uh, being fed grapes by what? Three medieval wenches. Which is pretty much why Bruce Campbell did this movie. Oh, of course. And um, from this we get um, the reintroduction of the wise one, the Merlin character, the old guy, played by Ian Abercrombie from Seinfeld and probably other things where he plays an old man. Um, but 
he is the one who tells Ash about the Necronomicon and says, if you get it, you can, I can get you back home. Uh, he is the one that was foretold in the Necronomicon and what other shenanigans. Now that part does confuse me. How would he know I that agree. Necronomicon foretells if he doesn't have it? Right. Um, maybe he had to return it to the medieval library. And then someone else checked it out and never returned it. <laughs> The damned, I think that's ca- the damned care I think, not. I think you got it. <laughs> the damned care not for fines. Oh, uh, that's really silly. Um, so we have Ash g- getting off his ash and going to get the thing with a horse, and he wears a cape because he figures he's going to dress. After his getting his getting his ashes hauled, of course. I do like that he makes himself a fake hand, uh, yes. which is awesome. Yep, groovy. And from there, we have a, a montage of him going through the woods and trying to get to, well, the Necronomicon. Very that's where good. we have the, the windmill scene and all that and kind of crap. Like, okay, the words he has to say are very distinctive. And I think everyone in the world knows them. Like, maybe yeah, not. They're the, they're the words from Day That the Earth Stood Still that uh, he would use to control the uh, robot. Oh, yeah. Is that what that's from? Yeah. Yep. I just I, I was the name of the robot. Say it. Say it. Latu Barata Niktu. <laughs> I'm so happy so you know that. I know. I don't know why. I got so excited that you knew what that was. <laughs> All right. So he gets it wrong because he's yes. Ash. He could barely, he cannot be bothered. Ash cannot be bothered to fix it. Actually, I thought it was funny the way he did it where it's like, well, I'm going to cheat the third words. It's like, Klaatu Verata. <laughs> and then like <laughs> looks up, assuming no one really noticed he got it wrong. Like the cosmic forces of the evil universe won't really mind that he missed that. Yeah, like, uh, missed out on the last word if no one saw him mess it up. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and like, and to your point, not only is it kind of good that it's good or that it's funny, whatever, it's great. But it's just him thinking that he can just kind of do it. Like you know, he can just get through this movie like he's gotten through the last two. Yeah. I've seen. <laughs> well, he he was never in control in the last. So he was reacting to stuff that the Necronomicon was doing to him. In this case, he's, you know, supposed to be the one in control, and we find out he's just a big idiot. Yeah, I kind of like oh, that. Is this, an, is this a revelation in this movie? Or? <laughs> well, no, but I mean, he's put into a position of power for the first time. True. And even in the second one, when those other uh, people show up, he's the one that's trying to explain what's going on and what the Deadites are. In this case, he's got all that experience. He still has no clue what, what the hell he's doing. Oh, shit. Sorry, hi. Hi. The woman who he's in love with. Oh, Sheila? Is Mrs. Honey from Matilda. That's where I recognized her from. Yeah, she's in Matilda. Um, But anyway, so long story short, he falls in love with a woman because you've got to, but then when he accidentally steals the book, demons get escaped. Demons escape. (laughs) English is my first language, I promise. And they take the woman away. So all of a sudden, Ash is mildly motivated again to save the day when before he was just kind of planning on leaving. Yeah. Um, Even though he doomed everyone. Yes. Well, this is when he gets back. He's like talking about how you need to send me home. That was part of the deal. And everybody's like mumbling how he's just a coward. And uh, Sheila comes up and uh, he's like, well, that was just pillow talk, babe. (laughs) That was... And then she gets kidnapped. So, I don't know. I guess he feels guilty maybe for taking advantage of her. I don't give Ash much credit in any of these movies. Because like you said, he just kind of reacts to things. So I figure he is afraid they're going to send him to the wrong time if he doesn't help in some way. But one way or another, the Deadites are attacking and they are played by... 
I guess, other him, mm-hmm. uh, her, who is now all demony, and the army of darkness, right? Yeah. Which is a bunch of claymation puppets. This sounds like a really short movie, and that's mostly because they it add is. a lot of set pieces of slapstick comedy. Like in the windmill, there's like a good five minutes of the mini ashes beating up ash and like putting his face on a hot stove and stuff which is a criticism i've actually always had of this movie ever since the first time i saw it like i thought it was funny and quippy and uh you know enjoyably campy bad but i just felt even at a, oh, it's a short movie anyway runtime of like 80 minutes right yeah. but even at 80 minutes i still think they could have shaved a solid 15 20 minutes off the film i actually <laughs> And this was the darkest cut, so it was a bit longer. But yeah. even though there's very little that actually happens in this movie, I still enjoy watching it. Whereas there are a lot of movies where they try to do the same thing, like f- to bring up Mrs. Doubtfire again. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> oh no. Like that movie was a train wreck and it was yeah. much longer than this. Yeah. But it was the same sort of thing where it was like, let's put this guy in a room and just let him do stuff. And that was this movie. Like, let's, yeah, yeah. let's have fine. him do stuff. But. It's enjoyable enough. Like I, I don't mind it in this case because he's really wacky and he does that really well. I find myself checking out, you know, about the 20th time that he's hit in the face by by something. I mean, you're not wrong. I, I just I <laughs> yeah, kind of find myself checking out. I don't mind taking like a break to go get something to eat with this movie on. Yeah. And then you'll you come know, back and you won't and have missed anything. No. Except all the awesome uh, slapstick comedy. I mean, here's the thing. Uh, unlike a movie like Naked Gun, where there's actually jokes, this is literally just him getting the shit kicked out yeah. of him. I find it funny, but I also haven't seen it a hundred times. Let's just say, I don't think this movie, like, it probably doesn't have much rewatch value. Like, you know, this is a movie where, like, you want to watch it you weekly. for yourself, <laughs> sir. Yeah, I haven't. I saw this in probably high school. I wasn't. I was not allowed to see it when it first came out, which is probably a good idea on my mom's part. And then I saw it again sometime when I was in college, and I haven't seen it since. This is the first time I've seen it in probably a decade or so. I want you. I want to ask you like an honest question, though. How did you hear about this movie when you were in second grade? Um, I don't know. I remember. I remember. By the, the the story is that mom is taking my little brother and I to go see a movie and. The movie, the movies in the theater that I saw the poster for Army of Darkness and The Incredible Journey, and I wanted to see Army of Darkness. Mom did not agree, so we saw The Incredible Journey. I mean, that's I, that's a fine story. I just I can't imagine this being in that many theaters around was this here. Movie it was in the as East a horror and advertised as a horror. Does anyone remember the? It, old? Was, it was in the Merchants Walk old Merchants Walk movie theater. I mean, I'm not doubting you. I just. Don't remember anything about this. Like I don't. No, I didn't even hear of this movie till I got to college. Yeah. See, like to me, this was a cult movie that was just the tape that people passed around in in, in early college. Yeah. Whatever. My, you know? my yeah. understanding, it didn't do very well. It does not surprise. So it probably wasn't in the theater very long. Well, when you're talking about rewatch value, I completely agree. But I also feel like. Daniel keeps throwing out these references that I totally didn't get while watching the movie. I think it would be fun to see those if I got any of them, which I didn't. Except, I mean, the windmill thing was obviously kind of a Don Quixote nod. And then there's very much a Gulliver's Travels segment. Um, and those ones were pretty obvious. But So I would... I mean, Matt's already looking, so it's, he can't say anything. Uh, if you were to as a person, as a producer, put out a horror movie like this, what month do you think you would have put it out in? 
That's right. February, five days after <laughs> Valentine's Day. Oh. <laughs> and I mean, there's a romantic subplot with Ash and Sheila. It's perfect. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Um, and Very then, deeply ingrained with the rest of the pro- Yeah, the, the, the love triangle involving Ash, evil Ash, and Sheila. Yeah. Eiffel Tower. And, and some uh, naked women that I had forgotten about. I think they're only in the director's cut. Yeah, they're getting these. Yeah, well, while evil Ash is having his way with Sheila, a couple of random women are dragged along by skeletons that you've never seen earlier or later, for that matter. Yeah. Related products, the HD DVD edition. Awesome. Um, <laughs> I bet that's a collector's item at this point. <laughs> anyone want to guess how much this made in theaters? Total domestic gross? About $12 million. Yeah, almost exactly. Eleven and a half. It only. Uh, it only. Yeah, you know, it's almost like you've looked that up. Before. I know. I, like, I'm I not going to point any fingers. You're not but, supposed uh, to study the movie. Uh, <laughs> what the budget is. The budget. Yeah. Seven dollars. <laughs> I'm actually no, looking. No, it, it it did not make a profit. I know that much. Yeah, no, it's not listed. Um, it only it, it was open number six at thirteen hundred theaters, and that was it. It closed. <laughs> it started going downhill after that. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, no, this was not a success. But nothing Sam Raimi really did was a success in theaters. Yeah, until, well, not at this time. Until yeah. Spider-Man, I guess. Well, he did some other stuff that was slightly more successful, but I, I think hope. Darkman made a profit, but none of the Evil Dead movies in theaters made a lot of money. Well, the first movie his brother Ivan co-wrote uh, <laughs> was published under an Alan Smithy, so that's how bad a movie that was. Ugh. Anyway, um, so yeah, we should talk about the siege scene, and then pretty much all we can talk about is the comedy. It's it's, it's a silly comedy. So um, Ash decides to upgrade their army. Uh, he reaches out to Henry the Red, um, and he takes his beat up old Buick and yep. uh, turns it into uh, a Uncle Ben's car from the first Spider Man movie. That's what that car is. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's funny. Um, what? Sam Raimi directed it. I mean, I could have guessed. I, I, one of the old guys was probably also Uncle Ben, for all I know. But, um, and Ted Raimi was in there as one of the wrestlers. Yeah, he, he has his like high school chemistry book in the trunk of the car. And a copy of Fangoria. So he teaches them how to make gunpowder. And, um, yeah, so they make kind of black powder explosives. Uh, they tie them to everything. They, they have... Uh, they forge all of the elements of a very complicated steam engine and convert his car... To a steam engine. To a steam engine. Which is the kind of thing you'd have in a high school... Which, like, uh, yeah, good luck with uh, high-pressure welding well, in the <laughs> 1300s with a I boiler. Come on, guys. He is an S-Mart sales associate when he is apparently a master of chemistry and engineering. Maybe he's fair, just really books, lazy. The books... Oh yeah. I mean, I love, I love this. And that idea. Smithy was a very smart guy, apparently. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love how this just—he's the first one who decides to help Ash, and so they decide to make a war machine. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Huh? Uh, Presumably, also helped with the hands. Like, oh yeah, no, this is like a scene out of uh, Terminator. Well, actually, I was thinking of Star Wars, right, where they yeah, open yeah. the thing up and Luke has all the little tendons. Like that's kind yeah. of what it is. It's just a shitty version of it. There's a lot of shitty ripoffs in here, which is funny. Groovy. Yeah. He doesn't say groovy in this one. He does. He does. He does? After, he, okay. after he crushes the um, uh, oh, after he's his hand. Which <laughs> is like, oh my. Yeah. <laughs> this movie is so ridiculous. The, the director's cut leaves out one of his best lines. Hail to the king. Oh, that's from the original ending. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to that later. And then what you was You mentioned the- there was another line that they... Oh, oh, right. After he shoots his evil clone in the face uh, in this cut, he goes, I ain't that good. After the clone taunts him for being little goody two-shoes and the 
better line is good, bad, I'm the guy with the gun. That's a good line. Yeah, yeah. that is a good line. line. A guy with a gun with never-ending bullets, by the way. Shotgun, by the way. (laughs) Never-ending bullets. They showed showed a box of shells in his trunk. Yeah, Yeah, I knew we had like 10 left at most. But they never showed him go back to his trunk for any more shells. (laughs) I do do like the the boomstick. I like the chainsaw that keeps working even though (laughs) gasoline would be a problem. They solved that with the car by making it a steam car, kind of. But you don't fix it in the... Well, he only uses the chainsaw at the like during the pit scene. Yeah. And after that, never again. In the previous movies, yeah. though, I mean, he uses the chainsaw a lot. And there's never yeah. a... He also starts at first pull every time. Like, come oh, on, yeah. yeah. use the chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, good, good luck making a steam engine that small using medieval technology. Well, and I, also, I do like the chainsaw going after himself. Yes. Like when he's cutting the evil version of himself up into pieces to bury it. It's just... <laughs> Uh, 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 Bruce Campbell is never better than when he has a like a glaze in his eye, like a kind of twitch in his expression. <laughs> um, it does make me want to do more Bruce Campbell movies, but I realize there's not much to say about almost any of them because they're they're just slapstick comedies. You know, what do you yeah. say? I mean, we can't review. Uh, I don't know. Duck soup or something. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, are we talking about movies where Bruce Campbell just shows up? Because there's a lot of those, or like starring star Bruce Campbell movies. Briscoe County Junior. Oh, that's that's a great TV show. Amazing. Yeah. Like, could that be a Myopia Mornings episode? No. Well, it came on it Friday can't. night, so no. <laughs> I mean, it's just. I also don't want to do like an actual kind of show. I like doing children's shows. We'll see. We'll talk about it. It's also three episodes in at this point, <laughs> or four episodes in. He played. Ronald Reagan in the Fargo TV show. I'll be damned. Yeah, he did. He did. I'm going to just keep clicking on IMDb, so we should keep, <laughs> we should wrap this up. Well, I mean, there's the siege scenes last a good half hour at least. <laughs> half the movie. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're like half the movie, and they're awesome is what they are. Yeah. Because it's like a bunch of uh, stop-motion skeletons versus uh, gunpowder. So there's a lot of explosions. And if, if you're like a 12-year-old, this is the most incredible thing you've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, prob- yeah eight-year-old Matt would have probably loved that. <laughs> well, and it's, it's fun. It's There's not, not a lot to it. Yeah. It's very silly. It's over the top. There's, but it's like I mean, it's interesting. It's engaging. It's not. Yeah, it's not yeah. a crap scene. It's it, it's perfectly enjoyable. There are still jokes in it. It's very physical. Um, for some reason, he's teaching them like. <laughs> no, I mean this is the part that is most believable that he's just a schlub because yeah. he's teaching them as though it's a ninja movie, right? Like it's really like there's a kung fu school and they do the lunge with the axe, the flip around, and then the swipe. Right? And uh, they're all doing it in step with each other as the zombies and are approaching? Uh, yeah, of course, they managed to use it once, and that it's really effective the first time, and then they just get swarmed by skeletons and pr- presumably die. Like, <laughs> torn to shreds. Yeah, they would know how to fight with, with pikes. A pike, yeah. this, the, the, and, I mean, everything works exactly once, like it does in any good movie. The bows and arrows, they, they give up on, and then... They the one on. thing that did bother me... Instead of saying knock the arrows, they said load the arrows, yeah, they, which was yeah. very irritating. <laughs> he didn't bother to look anything up. He just said stuff. Like, and you have to think at least one of them knew the correct terminology, and there was a conscious decision to say load for some reason. Well, every single time we got into stuff like that where they're using the wrong terminology or only one's 
person speaks in stereotypical old English. It's like, this is a movie about medieval knights battling skeletons. What do you expect? Oh, man. They should have done another one where there were pirates against skeletons. Oh, wait, they did. That was one of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. But That's Bruce, all the Pirates but, of the Caribbean. But Bruce Campbell isn't in it. He should be in oh. Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, that, that he would be a very agree. believable Captain Jack Sparrow. I would like the movies way more. <laughs> God, and if you can get a Raimi to edit it down to an 85-minute movie. Yes. Instead of six and a half or whatever. Oh, we're man. The, the newest one had to have been over three and a half hours long. I honestly Number don't know. Number four was over three hours long. What was the newest one? I honestly don't know if I watched it. I don't it. even, I didn't see it. They bring back uh, Orlando Bloom and Karen didn't Knightley. Didn't see it. Is Javier Bardem in that? Yeah. Oh, How much Jesus. did they have to pay them to come back is the real question. Well, these movies make a billion dollars each, True. so mm -hmm. they could have asked for whatever they wanted. I, I know the answer. Uh, Orlando Bloom went into the Disney headquarters and was just like, I need about 350 <laughs> I'm not giving you that one. I'm sorry. Oh, man. <laughs> <sighs> I'm actually looking now. Um, how much he actually got paid? Because it's got to. Have been I'm sure a lot. it's exorbitant. Yeah. Actually, maybe it wasn't because he didn't do much in between those two movies. Yeah. Yeah, he played. Yeah, Lego. The Lego loss who looks older, hundred years before Lord of the Rings than he does in Lord of the Rings. He made four million dollars for that movie. That's not much at all. Really? That's nothing. That's that's nothing. Nothing. Daniel Craig is getting a hundred and twenty million for the next two I had James seen that, Bond yeah. movies. She's. I mean, but he's talented. Orlando Bloom isn't even hot anymore. <laughs> I'm not hot anymore. Johnny Bloom. I was going to look up Johnny Depp, but Johnny Bloom, that's that's a cute couple. Orlando it's, Bloom and Johnny Depp, in the mortal words of he, of George Takei, oh my. He made $20 million a movie, he's made $650 million in the last 10 years, and he's bankrupt. <laughs> Wait, what? That's what, what he's spending all that money on. He drinks $30,000 a month in wine. Is that an actual? I don't know. You're whether, not making that up. Uh -uh. I don't know whether to be impressed or depressed. What is the price per bottle? Like, is this a volume sort of thing? Is he drinking like quarts and quarts of wine per day? I assume it's expensive, <laughs> but I do like to imagine him in Costco, like you know, <laughs> Oh, here's Johnny Depp with his six thousand dollars of wine. And his 20, 20 it says cards. he has a forty-person staff, so maybe they're helping. Hmm. Thank you, Matt. I'm is sure this Johnny Depp or this is, is Johnny this Johnny Depp? Oh, it's Johnny Depp. Okay. Yeah. Well, his wife, his ex-wife, is trying to take him for all he's worth, right? It's apparently nothing. I mean, right? Yeah. Maybe that's well, what he's a doing. lot of wine. That's right. <laughs> he tells his entourage, "Let's have the world's biggest party." I'm getting a divorce. He's trying to drink his way his sorrow at God four hundred thousand dollars a year in wine. Wow, that'll so, do it. Five million dollars. Oh, man. He spent $5 million to shoot Hunter S. Thompson out of a cannon. I do remember that. Yeah. Oh, well, that was totally worth it. Let's I mean, be honest. Yeah. Um, how do you, when you die, what do you want them to do with your ashes? Fire them out of a, out of a cannon to do a firework? is pretty great. Oh, man. We were talking about Army of Darkness, but that stopped. Mm -hmm. um, well, he gets reduced to ash. Ash gets reduced to ash at the end. Bad ash does. Bad ash does. Um, good ash Ends up saving the day, leading the army as Henry the Red shows up to save the day. It does almost Kinda. nothing. Does literally nothing. <laughs> yeah. Like, he, is it a morale boost, I guess? I guess. I think he all he does is distract Evil Ash long enough to get f shot up and explode, I think. Kind of. He's on a gunpowder uh, catapult, and then uh, Good Ash kills him by uh, launching him into the sky. Uh, and then we he gets the Necronomicon back after Arthur and Henry the Red hug. Um, they send Ash back to the future. Oh, that was a great bro hug. 
<laughs> it was supposed to be tense for a second, and then it wasn't. It was cute. Um, Just like Brokeback Mountain, really. <sighs> oh, my. I'm good. Come on, man. If you're a twelve-year-old joke, man. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and then um, if you're going to do it, Matt, try and at least put some emphasis into it. Oh my. <laughs> um, so um, Abercrombie, the wise man, uh, makes the <laughs> spell. His name is Ian Abercrombie. That's yes, that okay. that is the actor's um, name. Makes a spell, which is like a little. Dropper. Well, here's where it diverges because in the cut we saw, that's when the uh, they make a potion that makes him sleep for a hundred years for each drop that he drinks, and he oversleeps, so ends up in a post-apocalyptic wasteland. The original one is him actually back in his time, but he's back at S-Mart, and then the uh, the witch who was in the scene going, "You shall die if you go to the woods" or whatever, shows back up, and uh, he fights her and ends up uh, getting a replacement for Linda. Right, I, yeah. gloriously ventilating her in the store while shouting, "Shop smart, shop S-Mart." And uh, I, I, I believe uh, along, he said something along the lines of, ma'am, you're going to have to leave before blowing her away with the shotgun. I don't know. I haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> you're looking at me as though I have a response. I'm just like, gotcha. Um, and then, yeah, and so we end up, uh, he is taking the drops in the version we saw. He's taking the drops, taking the drops. He gets to five, then some rocks fall. I don't know if we're supposed to think someone's coming in or what, but he gets distracted and accidentally takes seven instead of six. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so instead of ending back up in the 90s, he ends up in the 2190s or the 2090. The 2090s, I think, Uh, in in London because he sees Big Ben outside of his cave. He sees everything. He sees everything, yeah. Yeah. Um, There was also a pyramid there, I think. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's 73 years away. Guys, Let's yeah, it looks very jumbly and messed up. And then he goes, Oh no, I went too far. And then credits with him, credits with him laughing maniacally in the background because he's a man out of time. Well, I they were setting up for an Evil Dead 4, which would be you know, Evil Dead Mad Max sort of thing that just never happened. Well, it did, but they went with the other ending. Right, because right, Ash yeah. versus the Evil Dead is him in the store. Right. So, like, that, I mean, that's just what it is. They just pick the other ending, I guess. Um, but we should wrap it up. We've been talking. We well, actually as long as the movie. I was gonna <laughs> say we haven't said anything in about half an hour, but we've been talking long enough. Uh, so I don't just go this way around. Matt P, what do you I, got? Sure. Um, I I always like this movie. I've seen it probably. This is maybe my third time seeing it. Um, Actually, don't, I've really only seen it twice because the second time I saw it, I was tremendously drunk and don't remember any of it. Cute. So I saw it when I was younger, <laughs> and I saw it now. I mean, technically, you always saw it when you... Well, yeah. Eh. I, I still, I'm not helping. It's an enjoyable movie. I think a lot of the set pieces are fun. Bruce Campbell does a really good job when he's just by himself doing stuff, and I don't think it drags too much, even though it definitely does... It drags. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, some of the costuming and the, the claymation stuff and all that is, like, really nicely done. The effects are cool. And it's a fun movie. Thank you. Daniel. I still think that this movie's awesome, man. Just seeing it three times, amateur. <laughs> I mean, I, I said in the past, I think this is my favorite Evil Dead movie, and I stand by that. It's just so tongue-in-cheek, and it was even though it was the third time, they Sam Raimi was so clearly passionate about what he was doing, and so was Bruce Campbell. I wish uh, more people would do this just to have fun when they're making something. 
see, I'm only going to interrupt you here because I get to, but also that's the same kind of thing that lets them keep doing Jay and Silent Bob movies. And you got to really be careful about wanting. (laughs) Well, I mean, I no, I'm not going to go in any further than that or else I'm going to end up insulting people and I'm not in the mood to do that. Yeah, it's fine. Um, but yeah. Okay, good. Thank you. Uh, Aaron. It's fine. It's fun. It's it's a fun watch. Um, I wouldn't go for the extended edition. <laughs> Done. Okay, good. I'll take uh, it. Yeah. And Mr. Um, Quinn. Okay, I like the theatrical cut better. I mean, it's more funny and upbeat. The Instead of a downer ending, also is not as much fun the third time around. It was the first time around back when I was a lot younger. So... And maybe just see it once and make sure you see the theatrical cut because I don't really think there was anything really great in the director's cut and I didn't like the ending. Thank you, Matt. Um, my thought here, I guess, same as many of you, I enjoyed it very much. Uh, I thought it was funny. I like the slapstickiness. Stickiness. It's the first time I've seen it. Uh, it does remind me a lot of something like Shaun of the Dead where there's a lot of bleakness to it. It's a lot of set pieces. And, of course, Bruce Campbell's funny, man. I can't. I, I got to have him in everything. Uh, even other shitty movies that, have, that we've done for this, he's the best part. Like he was in Congo. Congo's completely forgettable other than Joe Don Baker yelling and him being phenomenal. But he dies like pretty quickly. He, like, he's not in the movie very much. Oh, yeah. He was that dude at the opening that caught the eye in his hand or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. But he's good. He's he's over the top. I. I just enjoy him and this movie is just kind of a love song to him pretty mm. much. So for that it's good. I but it's a slapstick comedy. If you can keep watching the same slapstick over and over again it's for you. Um however uh I even pulled this up and I completely fucking forgot. Here it is. Um we are out of time. Uh so as is tradition, I will give you a hint for next week's episode. Um it's our second Sam Neill movie, and this time he loses his vision by the end of it. Um, yeah, you know what it is. Um, we are out of time, so tune in next week and every future week when we another, put another piece of your past on trial. Hail, Thanks, guys. Hail to the king, baby. Yeah. Biopia Defender Childhood is a member of the ESO Network and produced by Dude Letter Podcasting. It is hosted by Nick Hoffman. It is edited by Nick Hoffman and Candace Burns. The theme song is Caroline by The Serenaders, and their music is available on Amazon. Please rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And tune in next week when we put another little piece of your past on trial. Thanks. Thanks.